Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode and a beautiful new week. I hope that you are all having a lovely start to your week, um, whatever that may look like. So today's episode, I feel like it's a hot topic right now, this whole idea of the mental load. So I'm going to be diving into that for a second. Let me just paint a picture for you guys. So I've gotten my first manuscript back, my first draft of my book, which is so exciting. Um, and I actually gave it to my cousin to read. And we are like two peas in a pod, like literally the same person, but she's like a more extra version than me, which some might say is hard to believe that's possible, but we have someone that is the more extra version than I am. Um, anyway, and she was reading, she literally read the first paragraph of the first chapter and she was like screaming down the phone to me via text with like how much she loves the book, the book already. So I'm really glad to get this out to you guys. And let me tell you, she's a toughy, a tough cookie to please. So if she likes it, you're going to like it anyway. And something that she really brought up was this whole idea of the mental load that is on mothers these days. She is a new mom, a pretty new mom of two two daughters, very, very close in age. And, you know, she's the typical, like she was the working woman. She was the girl boss. She, you know, she wants it all. And she has grown up in a similar age that we have where, you know, it's, it's, we idolize this woman that is doing everything and we devalue the role of the mother. And it's causing a lot of women to feel this mental overload where everything is on their plate. They're responsible for it all. And they feel this lack of, um, there's lack of acceptance around the importance of the feminine, I'm going to say duties, don't take it the wrong way. An example that she used was like, I have to remind myself, Monica, that folding the washing is me adding value to my family. And why I'm using this example is because like, she's, she's always been a very, very hard worker, like girl boss, a type personality, go get her, achieve, achieve, achieve. And she has gone in that journey from maiden to mother. And it's just one example. We, we do this in so many different ways of our lives. You might've gone through a journey of being single to be in a relationship or a journey from moving one place to another. Like we go through these journeys that maybe aren't necessarily as intense as becoming a mom, but we're going through this identity shift or this new shift in our life that causes us to have to change some things or rebalance ourselves. And what I'm noticing is that so many women are struggling with that and they, as a result, just feel this overwhelming mental load on their plate. And the studies show that women are more burnt out than men, than men, more women are burnt out, more women get more burnt out more easily, et cetera. So in today's episode, I really want to kind of talk through all of this and give you guys some tips. Um, and just help you to feel less alone in this because you're definitely not alone when it comes to the burnout and the um, mental load. And it's something that um, really stems from a from the issue of us not valuing the feminine needs and the feminine desires and what the feminine brings to the table, right? We value the masculine traits and we are devaluing the feminine traits like cooking for the family. That is seen as simple. You're not, it doesn't require much energy. Like you should be able to whip that shit up in three seconds. That should be done on top of working rather than, and we, and back of the day, it wasn't done on top of working. It was, that was what they would do, right? That would be, you know, like their day would be harvesting and cooking and nurturing the children because that was seen as a full time job. It's funny how, you know, back in the day, some people would see women as devalued and not as valued as much because of equality. And I completely see that point. Yes, I agree. I also though see the point, I see both points. I also see the point of 
the feminine was valued more in that the way that the feminine um, brought value was valued. So their cooking, their nurturing, their healing, their looking after, their mothering, their community building, that was actually seen as a high value. And what's happened is we, as we become more and more masculine, and that's where it's like the feminist movement is too active sometimes because so many of us have become too active in our masculine that as a result, the collective has, as in the collective of all of us living on planet earth right now, we've really devalued the importance of the feminine and we see it as less than. And part of where that really stems from is that we see that as women, we see that as less than. If us as women started to value more of the feminine roles, we would make the change. And what's happening is so many women are waiting for other people to make the change waiting for like a fucking politician to do something. A politician doesn't can do shit about about valuing the feminine roles and duties again. And I don't mean duties in like it's our duty to cook. I just, I'm meaning like if you have duties for the day, right? Like don't fucking overthink it. So um, this really starts with us. It really starts with you and your friends and your, you know, coworkers as women you guys have to value these feminine qualities again for others to see the value. When we don't value it, then we don't value it, right? And if we're not valuing it, we're not selling the value of it. So other people are not going to see how important this task is. So just think about that for a second. Like if you're not valuing the feminine qualities or if you want the feminine qualities to be valued in yourself, make sure that you're actually valuing them for yourself, okay? Because the reality is, is that women are taking on more and more and more, right? There's many of us that are trying to rebalance into our feminine, which is fantastic. But, you know, in this modern day and age, you have to remember that on top of our load of just working and looking after a family or just looking after a family or just working, on top of that load is taking on more and more when it comes to consumption of content when it comes to social media, when it comes to TV shows, when it comes to shit happening in the world, when it comes to obligations with friendships or working things or networking events and like Lala, there's all these other things that we're putting on top of our plate, you know, separate to working and raising a family. And often it's these small, consistent things that are not in alignment for you that causes the overwhelming mental load and the burnout. So before we jump in any further, I want to give you guys kind of an overview of what you can expect on the podcast in the next few weeks. So you all can get you all can get excited. So last week we had the White Lotus episode for part one. There'll be a part two coming out in a couple of weeks. And then I also gave you guys a life and business update, which you loved. I know you guys love the juicy details on those things. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Oh, hi, Jelly. Um, And then next week, we have the Sex Life Series Part 1 coming out, which I'm so excited about. Um, And then there will be a Part 2 a couple weeks later. The week after that, we have a podcast about are women that are the breadwinners more likely to get cheated on? So I'm going to be talking about that. Um, And then we've got the White Lotus Part 2 episode. Then I'm talking about the fertility awareness method and how I use that as my, my natural form of birth control and how to use it. And then we're going to go into a little bit of a series of two episodes back to back talking about skin, um, my journey with my skin, how COVID ruined a lot of people's skin, including mine and how I got mine back on track to the way that it used to be. And then also talking about the connection with your skin and being seen and your gut and safety and trauma and all those kind of things. And then on May 1, we get back into the Sex Life series for part two. So there are some really fun, exciting episodes coming up, which I'm really um, glad to be sharing with you guys and talking about. So please make sure that you are tuning in every week, that you've left your written review 
review if you haven't already take a screenshot of it and send it to media at monarchyateshealth.com so we can send you the free meditation that's only available for podcast listeners um, and share it with your friends. I really, really, really appreciate it. I know I say this all the time, but I really want you guys to get I really, really appreciate it. And I smile every time one of you tags me in your Instagram stories, whether you're listening to it as you're reading, as you're having coffee or, you know, taking the kids for a walk or driving or whatever it is. I appreciate when you guys share the episodes. Um, I, for the first time, got a stat in my, like, I run the software that I run my podcast through. It had it has a new thing where you can see the amount of subscribers on Spotify. And I have a smaller um, amount of listeners on Spotify than Apple. It's like 60% Apple. And when I saw that number, I was like, holy fucking shit. So if I do my math correctly, it's probably like there's about 100,000 subscribers to this episode, to this episode, to this podcast, which blows my mind and makes me so grateful. Um, so to all of you, 100,000 that are listening um, or that have dropped off, but you've been listening sporadically, please, I encourage you to look at the podcast directory. The reason why is that we made that because I understand that not every episode is relevant to everybody. And you can then kind of tune out if it's not relevant to you and you're not learning something. So I made that directory because you can then very easily control F and search on that directory for the um, episodes that you need to listen to. It's broken down into different categories, which also makes it really easy. So you can binge what you need to binge, whether it's trauma, whether it's business, whether it's mindset, whether it's manifestation, whether it's understanding men or sex or relationships, et cetera. So we'll put the link below for the podcast uh, directory as well. That, that is a really great resource to also share with your friends. Um, because if they're needing a specific episode, it can be kind of overwhelming when you just get sent a podcast, like, cool, I'm going to be scrolling for days. Um, and people don't want to scroll. I don't want to scroll through a podcast, um, like through an Apple thingy, if that makes sense. I wish on Apple, you could just search in someone's podcast episodes. It's weird that they don't have that yet. I'm like, how have I thought of this? But they haven't done it anyway. So the podcast directory is kind of there to fill that gap. All right. So let's jump back into the episode. So the decline of female happiness, something that I talk about more heavily in my book, but it is a real thing. And what's so funny is that, you know, stats have shown that women have gotten more and more unhappy throughout time. And at the same time, their rights and the equality and what they're able to do in life has actually increased, which is weird, right? You'd think that as our rights increase as women and, you know, what we're able to do and what's normalized for women nowadays, you would think that that would correlate with an increase in happiness levels, but it actually has done the opposite. Now, does that mean that, oh, women should go back to not having any equal rights? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What it's actually saying when you really go further into it and dig and dig and dig is that it's because women can now add so much more to their plate. That's where the issue is coming. So most women, even if they're working full-time jobs, they will take on the vast majority of household duties even like compared to their partner, even if they have a full-time role. So you and your partner could be working the same amount of hours, but you will actually end up working more hours because of the work that you do in the household. Now, I understand that not every man wants to be cooking dinner and mopping the floor and whatever. And frankly, I don't want to do that shit either. Like as in mopping the floor, I love to cook. And so it's not then that, you know, 
I think some of the arguments can be really unhelpful. Like, oh, well, you and your partner should share 50-50 of the household chores. Like, that's great in hindsight, but some men suck at fucking washing. So do you want all your sh- like your wool jumpers sh- like to shrink into the size that would fit a guinea pig? No, then he's not going to do the washing, right? Um, and I know some women's arguments are just like, well, you should just, like, just teach him, just teach him. Like, he's got to do the same. And my argument is like, okay – And where is that need coming from? Where is that like anger and bitterness and fighting coming from? Because if you hate doing the washing too, cool. Maybe you guys need to hire like a house cleaner and put that into, you know, just something that you need to make sure that you have money for if you both really don't want to do the washing, for example. Because I think for a lot of women, you know, and and I want to say firstly, I do not like doing all the house stuff myself. And I don't. I know some of you guys have asked this before in like Q&As and whatever for the podcast in terms of like, how do I split household chores, like household stuff? Basically the things that he's good at, he does things that I'm good at. I do like I cook. He never cooks. He's cooked for me like a few times before and I love it when he does. But half the time I'm like, babe, you're burning the pan. (laughs) So I cook more than he does, right? I'm always responsible for making him breakfast. You know, he'll very occasionally make me breakfast, but I never really expect it because it takes me three seconds where it's a lot more effort for him. So we really work like our gender roles are very much who's better at what and we stick to that. I don't like doing the washing. He says I suck at doing washing. I think like it's like I put the fucking detergent and put it on like next. But he loves doing the washing. He finds it really therapeutic. So I'm like, cool, if you want to wash my shit, then go for it. So he'll often do the washing. We do have a housekeeper that comes once a week to do all the cleaning and everything. Um, But in terms of like uh, like keeping the house tidy, he's definitely better at that than I am. Like I can live in a little bit of a mess and I'm fine. He cannot live in a mess. He likes things to be fucking spotless. Um, otherwise his brain can't basically work. Um, when we're traveling, obviously it shifts a little bit, but that's kind of how we divide up like household things, anything manly he's responsible for. So like light bulbs going out, like things needing to be changed, like something with the landscaping that is all a him stuff, him thing. And then when it comes to like the pretty things and the aesthetic things, then that's what I'm responsible for. So that's kind of how we divvy it up right now. Obviously when we have kids, that's a whole other, a whole other, um, ball game. But also, for example, right now, like he feeds the dogs every day. I don't feed the dogs unless he asks me to feed them because he's in a meeting or something like rather like that. But I feed the dogs. Um, and then in terms of like cleaning the kitchen, unpacking dishwashers, that's just kind of like whoever's there does it. If I'm really busy with work, he'll take on more stuff for me. If he's really busy with work, I'll take on more stuff for him. We kind of like, you know, give each other a little bit of a break when we can. And we're really just about taking things off each other's plate and supporting each other rather than sticking to this rule book of like, well, you're the man, you need to pull half your weight, like blah, blah, blah. Because at the end of the day, there's some things worth not fighting for. That's definitely my motto. Um, Not my motto, but like, I think about that a lot of, I'll ask myself, is this actually worth me being a bitch over? Probably not. Just like fucking shut up and do it. And then moving on. Otherwise, it's going to turn into like this bitter energy that lingers for five hours. I kind of think about that. But, you know, when it comes to the decline of women's happiness, a lot of it is actually attributed to women taking on too much. So research shows, science shows that because of the way that our hormonal profile is, because of our adrenals, because we have a reproductive system, et cetera, we cannot deal with as much stress as men can. So we have a, have a, have a limit before they have a limit as in, you know, that's why women will burn out before they do. That's why I will start crying about something because we're stressed before they do. We hit that limit because our uh, adrenals cannot take as much stress. Men can take on a lot of stress. They can be in a state of fight or flight forever. I mean, they're the hunters. 
they that's why they can be in this fight or flight burnout phase for years before they're actually fucking burnt out. Whereas for women, it can feel like two weeks and it's like done. I need like three weeks holidays. And this is obviously when women are really in tune with themselves because some women just keep pushing through or it's the coffee or they're taking drugs or whatever it is to continue to go, go, go. And when it comes to like women needing and men as well, when it comes to this self-inflicted pressure, that's what it is, self-inflicted pressure, because yes, it can be externally inflicted, but you're allowing it. So that's where it becomes internal. Like you are choosing to allow someone else to pressure you and therefore you're pressuring yourself. So when it comes to this internal pressure that we inflict on ourselves, um, it often will come from a place of not deserving enough. I want validation. I'm not enough as I am, et cetera. So we're trying to get something from being essentially burning ourselves out. Like we wear burnout as a badge of honor of then I've worked hard enough and I've tried to do it all. And finally, now I deserve rest because I'm quite literally burnt out and I have to rest. It's like so many women, and I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. It took me a long time to be able to do it for myself. So many of us feel like I can't just give myself rest. Like then I'm going to be labeled as lazy or not doing enough or like I'm not working hard enough. And so we work and work and work. And it's for a lot of us, it can be from this deep seated place of not feeling enough or needing validation. And that can be passed down from our mom, from them feeling like they have to be working hard enough to be allowed to, to be allowed to rest, et cetera. You, if you've grown up in that society kind of inflicts that on us as well. So it can be something that generational that's been continued to be passed down and you now get the chance to break it. Um, but what happens is, is that if you get really addicted to, I need this validation, I need to feel enough, I need this, you know, sense of deservingness, et cetera. Then what we find is that people are going down less than ideal routes to continue to get fake energy, essentially to continue to push through. So, you know, like there's a lot of people, there's a really high percentage of people that take Adderall, for example, that don't actually need Adderall, right? Adderall is like a medication for ADHD um, and people don't really need it, uh, but because they are exhausted and therefore they can't focus because they're so fucking tired and overwhelmed, they take a drug to allow them to focus for a little bit. So quickly even going on the focus train. So when you're really burnt out, when you're overwhelmed, when you have this huge mental load, it makes it harder and harder to focus because your brain is so exhausted and so overwhelmed that you that basically when you're trying to focus on one task, your brain can't because it's focusing on all the other tasks that you have to get done because there is this like extensive list of things to do. And some of you listening might be like, this is way easier said than done, Monica. Like I'm a mom of five, like et cetera. And I, I get that. And I'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's possible if you want it. And every person has a different way of figuring out their way, uh, like uh, figuring out how to get this mental load off their brain so they can actually focus and be productive so they don't have a huge mental load. Because what I really want you guys to realize is that if you have this massive mental load and weight on your shoulders of everything as your responsibility, one, you're putting it on yourself. So you're like in a self-fulfilling prophecy and you're self-sabotaging. But then also two, is that the only way to not feel like there is this huge mental load is to actually get a grip of your procrastination, your perfectionism, your time management, and your productivity. So a lot of you guys have asked me um, like to do episodes on like, what do you think about the overdiagnosis of ADHD, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to do an episode on that yet, but like maybe in the future. But 
just quickly on that, because I know there's a bunch of you that have ADHD or you know your partner has ADHD or whatever it is. And there's obviously like really like an extreme form of ADHD where I'm like, okay, this is actually fucking legit. And then there's the form of ADHD where it is inflicted by society and social media and the mental overload, right? And there is this ADHD where you cannot focus and you're procrastinating all the time and you're getting overwhelmed and your brain is just jumping everywhere and you're focusing on like fucking you know, uh, like making boxes flat instead of doing the work that you have to do. That when we are in this state where we cannot focus and we are procrastinating and doing shit that is not important, this is what I'm talking about. So even if you have a mild case of ADHD, like what I'm going to be sharing in this episode is probably really valuable to you. And also joining the program, her, is going to be really valuable to you. So I have read a lot about ADHD and the more that I've read about it, the more that I've learned about it. I'm like, I said this to my leadership coach the other day and she was like, yeah, I've known this forever, Monica. She's known me for like six years or something. No, not six years. We've worked together for maybe three, three. Yeah. But then at my healer, she's known me for like six years. And I was on the phone to her like maybe a month ago or something. And she's like, yeah, I've known this for a long time. <laughs> um, and I was like, I think I have high functioning ADHD. And she, I, that both of them were like, yeah, we know. Um, and so no, I haven't gotten it properly diagnosed. No, I will not go and get it properly diagnosed because I don't need to put a label on it. And if you want, I'm not saying that you can't, that's not what I'm saying for me personally. If I put a label on something, it often limits me. I've survived my whole life with it. I've thrived with it. And I think, you know, this is also what makes me very successful is because my brain is always just in a million places at once and I can be doing a million different things. There are many different forms of ADHD though. So the way that it can show up for one person is different to another person. So for some people, they find it really debilitating and they can't get anything done. And for some people, it actually helps them. So for me, it's something that actually, I believe helps me um, and it has allowed me to excel in what I do because I'm so like, like I'm very, very single focused and it actually takes me a lot to get distracted, which is an interesting thing. Like if I'm, well, like for example, when I was writing my book, um, I'd be writing my book like at home and my fiance would like come up and ask me a question or the dogs would disturb me or like my parents were, my family, my whole family was here in January when I was writing my book and like they'd be asking me things and somehow, I don't fucking know, um, I would be able to answer a question and then go back into my flow. Like it actually takes, it's actually hard for me to get super distracted. The one thing that distracts me the most is when somebody I love is like not okay, then I, then I can't focus. This happened literally this weekend. My fiance was in a really, really bad car accident. They were skiing and they hit an elk. Um, if you know what an elk is, it's like this ginormous, like it's like a fucking huge cow. If you're in Australia, if you're in America, you would know what an elk is. It's huge and they weigh so much. And it was, they were very, very fortunate. Um, that he actually found out last night that most of the time, and there's like an elk kind of problem where they were skiing in Colorado and he was talking to somebody and telling them. And he said that most of the time the, they were like, whoa, the elk, like you didn't go through the elk. Like the elk was on the ground. Like you push the elk over because normally what happens is the elk comes through the front windshield. So generally speaking, that accident ends really, really, really badly. So I'm very grateful for that. But like, it was scary. Their whole car was totaled. It was like fully squished. All the airbags went off. They had like gashes through their legs. Um, the car started smoking and they were worried that it was going to explode, but they couldn't get out of the car because all the doors were like jammed. Um, and they thought, gonna, whatever, it was a whole thing. And so that happened on Friday morning. I found out it happened Thursday night, but I found out Friday morning. 
And I like could not fucking work the whole day. I just like couldn't focus and I couldn't get distracted. And in those moments, you know, I've built myself a life and not about my work. I built myself a life in terms of like being ahead, being productive, giving grace to myself, really embodying feminine leadership that that day it was like, you know what? I got one thing done. I recorded a podcast episode. I sat down and fucking got it done. Um, I knew he was okay. Like he'd phoned me and they were fine. And so I put my phone on Do Not Disturb and I got a podcast episode done and that's all I did for the whole fucking day. Oh, and then I went to the seamstress. And so whilst I would have liked to gotten more done during that day, I wasn't doing what I used to do. I wasn't beating myself up. I wasn't hating myself. I wasn't then working until 2 a.m. because I hadn't gotten, I hadn't gotten enough by whose fucking standards done in that day. Instead, I embraced it and I just let the, I just let myself go. I had an unproductive day. That was okay because you know what? I had a productive weekend because I wasn't beating myself up and I enjoyed just having a bit of a weird day, right? Um, and so I really embraced that. And for a lot of us women, we are needing to embrace us. We're needing to embrace how we work. We're needing to embrace that we cannot do it all at once, that we cannot be on at every second of the day, that we cannot work like dogs and we cannot work like men. Um, And as soon as you just start to embrace that, there is this sense of, what's the word? There acceptance. There is this sense of self-acceptance that brings relief to your body so that you can actually then start to work in a more productive way because you're not shaming yourself, belittling yourself, beating yourself down all the time, which doesn't actually help you to become more productive, right? So remembering that if you are wanting to have long-lasting health, long-lasting success, long-lasting success in your relationships as well as your career, if you're wanting to be able to manifest and attract in wealth, what is the one key thing? Your stress being low. Most of us don't have low stress levels these days. I, for one, have had my own fucking journey with stress, as I've talked about pretty openly. And, you know, I used to be really, really addicted to stress. I was addicted to the hustle. I was kind of addicted to being burnt out. I wore my burnout as a badge of honor. I wore me putting work ahead of my social life as a badge of honor. And then finally in 2019, you know, I realized that I actually can do it all. I just need to be better in the way that I am executing and doing everything. Um, And that working 20 hours a day isn't necessarily going to make me more money it's actually about working smarter, not harder. But I'm not saying in the way of like, oh, just have a bunch of group programs because that doesn't relate to all of you because you don't all have businesses. So when I say work smarter, not harder, it's actually not what I mean. When I'm saying work smarter, not not harder, it's really about honing in on time management, on productivity, and on you knowing your strengths. You knowing your strengths in terms of the time of days that you work best and all of those little things. Like there's, there's, there's these like minute shifts that you can be making in your life that will give you the most dramatic results. I'm just quickly interrupting the episode, ladies and gentlemen, to remind you that I have opened up something new for you. So I've opened up a mini one-on-one package, which is a two-session one-on-one package with me. You also get two weeks of text message, voice message support as well. And this is perfect for you if you are not yet ready to invest in a longer-term commitment, but you still want to get some healing done. So, you know, in these two weeks, you are going to feel like a huge weight has been lifted off your shoulders and you really will feel like you are a huge step closer to being the dream version of yourself. I've helped women in these past many one-on-ones break the cycle of binge eating. I've helped them to release a lot of resentment and anger so that they can come back to their feminine energy in their relationship. I've helped 
women in these situations to, you know, no longer feel shame around past situations that have happened to them, um, to, you know, no longer have bad PMS, to heal their PCOS, whatever it is. And so whatever you need to work on, maybe there's one little thing at the moment, or maybe there's two things you're going to bring them to me for this mini one-on-one and we'll just kind of break it down and make a really good action plan the two of us in a way that feels comfortable with you. And we will tackle as much as we can in those two sessions and in those two weeks. So I love this mini one-on-one package because it allows you to get a little bit of a taste of working with me and what my coaching is like and how I do my work with my clients. So whatever you need help with, whether it is energetic upgrades, whether it's you know, confidence, whether it's trauma, whether it's sexuality, whether it's business, money, boundaries, feminine embodiment, dating relationships, whatever it is, I am here for you and we will absolutely do it. So if you would like to book in one of these sessions, all you need to do is follow the link below and you will see all the details on my website page. I do want to just let you know that there may be a waiting period once you decide to join of up to three months. Obviously, we will do our best to get you in ASAP, but depending on the time of the year and when you book and what else I have going on, I just want to give you that little bit of a heads up. So if you haven't already claimed a space for yourself and you would like to, I would highly encourage you to do so, especially because there will be a little bit of a waiting, a waiting period. Um, so yeah, any questions about the mini one-on-one package, just let me know. Otherwise I can't wait to get into the work with those of you that have already claimed a space for yourself. And for me, you know, leaving New York, as I've shared with you guys and moving to Atlanta, it hasn't been the easiest thing in that I've missed my friends and my social life and the ease of like going out to sexy restaurants all the fucking time and everywhere's a vibe and like everyone dresses so beautifully in New York. You know, well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people do. And so, of course, it's been like harder having a ship where that's not the case in Atlanta. But what is the case is my weekends are filled with the sound of birds, with trees, with seeing flowers bloom, with putting my feet in the grass, with being able to run around in the backyard with the dogs and, you know, one day kids, with being able to drive to Whole Foods rather than walk there, walk back and be sweating my balls off in summer and crying because I'm so fucking hot and agitated and everything stinks. Um, and so sometimes like these subtle shifts of taking yourself out of what you think your life has to look like, but in, instead of thinking about, instead thinking about what do I, what do I want my life to feel like? Just that subtle shift can make such a huge difference because I know for me, you know, New York was my home, right? I grew up there. I have the most amount of friends there and I feel incredible when I'm there, And that's what I've always known to be true. But as I got more and more, and really it was after COVID, like moving, like my nervous system never was relaxed right before, after COVID happened. And so I just got myself jolted into this, you know, intense, exhausting city. And one thing that I really had to let go of when I was leaving New York was the label that I had given New York. You know, I'd given New York this huge responsibility of this is my home, of this is where I'm meant to be, of like, this is the only place where I feel the most alive and where I'm the happiest. But obviously when you meet that special person, anywhere you can be your happiness. And that's, and that doesn't mean that you then need to like meet somebody to move. But what I'm saying is like, 
for a lot of us, we have these labels and we put ourselves in these boxes based on the stories that we've told ourselves, whether it's like working a certain amount of hours or working a certain job or working on the weekends or living in a certain place or wearing certain clothes or doing a certain kind of exercise, right? We get ourselves stuck in what we've been telling ourselves forever and it can really limit us from making changes that can be massively dramatic. And even just this past weekend, I spent so much time outside in the sun. I got fucking burnt. I'm like, we're in beginning of March. Like, why am I getting burned? But anyway, I got burnt. Like it was, I'm like sun-kissed and my feet were in the grass. And it was just, it was such a good weekend because for the first time in a while, I wasn't traveling. I wasn't doing something else. And I was relaxing in a home of mine that wasn't in a really loud fucking city. Like we live in kind of a forest and it was really beautiful. And for me, I really had to take myself out of a box that I'd been building for myself. And since moving here, I can really confidently say that my life has gotten better. My health has gotten better. My mindset, my happiness, my nervous system, my sleep. And of course I miss New York sometimes. I miss like my friends and the social aspects, et cetera. But I love that now I, when I, when, cause we travel a lot, right? Like a lot. Now, whenever we land back here from a trip, it's calming. It isn't like, oh my God, the loud noises driving through the city. And now I have to like go to Whole Foods and I have to walk there after a long flight and like, ugh. I don't have to deal with any of that anymore. There's there's these luxuries that come with not living in New York City. New York City is a very luxurious city, city in some ways, but it's also a fucking disgusting city in other ways. Like now when I go back there as, you know, a visitor, I'm like, I caught this subway and I paid that much money to live here and like this is how I got around. Like it's it kind of doesn't make sense when you go back there and you look through that lens of like New York isn't just what everybody says it is. Like it's it's a very hard city to live in. I'll say that. Like it's very it's logistically fucking stressful and a nightmare. Um and when I go back there now, I'm like God, it's really not all it's cracked up to be, is it? Like the social aspect's great. The shopping is great. Like, yes, it's a vibe, but you can live elsewhere and still be just as happy. So anyway, jumping on. So when it comes to my own journey with like burnout and everything for me, I really idolized my dad. I idolized the girl boss culture and I idolized like this life of, you know, working all the time and traveling all the time and just go, 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 go. Because to me, I had this story of the more that I go and the more that I do, the more successful I will be. And so I always knew that I wanted to be successful, but I had the wrong story of how I had to get there right? I really thought that the only way to get there and the right way to get there, because then you would deserve the success was killing yourself along the way. And I know a lot of us relate to that of like, we feel like if we burn ourselves out to get something, then we deserve it. Versus if it was easy, we don't deserve it, right? Like how, oh my God, how many of us relate to that? If if it was easy, we don't deserve it. If it was in flow, if we didn't get sick along the way, and if we're not fucking exhausted, we didn't deserve it. So we really need to change the story of how we get to work and live our lives because my belief and my knowing, because I live it every day and I take my clients through it, is you can have it all. You can do it all, but the execution has to be very, very particular in order for you to be able to do it all without the burnout and surviving on three cups of coffee a day. And here's the thing. 
we used to, as women, not be the one to be able to make the choices, right? We used to, and like, what's interesting is I can't talk about this in the Sex Life series, but if you've watched Sex Life, Sasha, the perfect example, right? Sasha is, you know, on this like hunt to, you know, show women like we can, you know, we get to make the choices. We get to do however we want. We get to live our own lives. And I'm like, yeah, we already knew this. Like this isn't new. Women aren't just getting equality. We've had equality for a long time. We've been able to make choices for a pretty decent chunk of time now. And so what sometimes happens is that women will think because I can now finally make a choice and I finally have a right. It's like you push everything else out that is slightly old fashioned, like being in a relationship, for example, or being like, I want to move somewhere for a man. And instead you focus on the one thing that women didn't used to get careers kind of trying to almost like prove a point, like, see, I can make a choice. I can do this. I can, as, as a woman, and it's like, yeah, no one said that you couldn't, right? Like you can now these days. And what I want you guys to hone into is, is okay. If we can all make our own choices now as women, can we make the choice to have it all in a way that actually feels good? Can we make the choice that we are worthy of having the career, the health, the man, the love, the friends, the money, the house, the happiness, the peace? If we can make a choice, then you can choose to do something for a man. Does that make you weak? And you can choose to do something for your career, right? And you don't have to choose one or the other because now we can choose what our life is like. Friends, if you have not gotten your Australia ticket now, it is crunch time. We have a very limited amount of time remaining for you to get your tickets for this incredible, revolutionary, and unique event that we are having in May. There is no other immersion out there like this. Trust me when I say that. If you have not watched the testimonial video, if you have not watched the promo video, what are you doing? Like, do not self-sabotage this. Do not not even allow yourself the opportunity to really look at the website page, look at all the testimonials, look at the promo page and make an informed decision. And even if that decision is no, great. But it feels so good when you have fully given yourself the space and the time to dig into something that you may be thinking about so that you can make a really informed yes or no, not just making a yes or no based on fears, your ego, what you think, the quote unquote time constraints that we tell ourselves all the time. If you are prioritizing being your best self this year, then I also hope that you prioritize looking into the immersion and seeing if it is a fit for you. If you have any questions about it, feel free to email, of course, and do not forget that the tickets will be completely finished for selling at the end of April. And so even on that note, and I kind of got this point after listening to these episodes because Sasha would be going on and on and on about like this, she's got to show to women that like they can be independent, they, they can make their own choices. And I'm like, well, Sasha, if they can make their own choices, then you're allowed to make your own choice of having your career and having Cam. If you don't get this, watch the series, right? And I'll talk about it in the breakdown as well. Um, and so on the note of you can make your own choice, I want you to think about the choices that you know you want to make. And you keep telling yourself, like, you can't do it. You can't do it. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have the money. Well, you do. 
you do. And like, don't let yourself fall into this victim mindset of, I don't have the time. I don't have this. Because that is what women are constantly telling themselves. I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't, blah, blah, blah. And so guess what? That becomes our life of, I can't, I don't, I shouldn't, etc. You can. And so with my program, Her, that I am bringing out, and it's already out right now. So if you missed the uh, the free masterclass yesterday that I did called Becoming Her, um, the link below, if you click it, you'll be able to get access to it. So that the uh, enrollment closes at the end of March, FYI. And I'm not launching it again this year. It'll only be next year. So this new program, Her, which by the way, is like such a no-brainer. The payment plan is like five five hundred and is like forty-seven or something a month for two months. It's nine ninety-nine if you pay in full. It's four weeks, all live. It's straight to the fucking point. Absolutely no fluff in the calls. Like I'm giving you zero fucking fluff. Like z- we're going straight to the dirty business. Um, but what I want to say is like I've made this a no-brainer, super punchy thing because I don't want any of you saying I don't have the time or I can't do this or I can't fit it into my schedule because you can. You just need to give yourself permission to choose the things that are going to bring more into your life. I'm going to say that, going to say that again. You need to start choosing the things that are going to bring more into your life. What are the things that are going to bring more happiness, more love, more health, more time, more space, more relaxation, more expansion? Those are the things that I encourage you to start to put your focus towards because those things are going to reap you major rewards and putting your focus towards those things is going to get you a very high ROI. Only focusing and having this like single focus on your career, right? On proving a point of getting back at somebody, of trying to get validation. It's empty. When you get it, it feels empty. If you can do the things that are going to continuously allow more in every area of your life, you're going to feel full. When we only focus on one area, then what can happen is we can sometimes start to notice bigger spaces in other areas. It's kind of like when you go to a doctor and you're like, here are all my problems. And they're like, oh, well, I can only answer this one. I don't know about the rest. You just feel shit about the rest, right? And I'm, and I've always said, like, I'm the everything. Like, you come to me for the period and the trauma and the confidence and the business and the this and the men and the, everything because I want you to leave feeling like every bit, like everything that you're struggling with is able to be healed and everything has an answer because it does, right? So many of us stay on this busy train and we do it to ourselves. We stay on this overwhelming mental load and we do it to ourselves because we ram our calendar too full. We don't know how to say no. We don't prioritize slowing down. We don't prioritize intimacy. We don't prioritize intimacy with ourselves and with others. We are lazy. We don't put in the effort to make our lives better and more doable and to make our lives more uh, less stressful, we don't put in that effort and it requires a little bit of effort. Like, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but you can't just swipe left and all of a sudden have this magical fairy come into your life to fix everything. As hard as it is to hear, you are the reason why your life is so full. You are the reason why you feel like you can't juggle everything. So the only person that's going to get, the only person that's going to get you out of burnout and the overwhelming mental load is you. 
Now that can be the bearer of bad news to some. That also can be really empowering. Depends how you see it. To me, that's empowering because it's like, oh, sweet, I can fix this then. You don't need somebody. You don't need to like find the right person to fix it. You can fix it. You're sitting right here. So all this means is that you need to believe that it is worth fixing and that you can fix it because you can 100% you can fix it. I mean, I put so much on my plate. Like, let's just, let me just tell you what I'm working on this week, just to kind of like paint the picture. So we're going to Italy on a Wednesday night. On Sunday night, we're then going to be flying to Chamonix or driving. I don't know how we're getting there. We're going to Chamonix then after that, because they're going to get 40 inches of snow. And then we're going to Paris for a few days. That's three flight, three like trips, kind of big ones, right? Uh, In the space of 11 days. But this week, just alone this week, so today I'm recording three episodes. I've already had a Queen Alchemy call. I've gone to acupuncture. Um, I've dealt with the fact that my fiance's flight is delayed again. So that was just like stressful and kind of like making my mind annoyed. Um, what else? I have started packing for Italy. I also need to finish writing uh, a bunch of notes for the Her Masterclass, which is now already out, but at the time of this recording, it's not. I need to finish writing all of that. I've got a bunch of things I've got to post on Instagram stories. I have emails to reply to. I've also replied to all the questions so far in the Queen Alchemy q and I've replied to a question in the Feminine CEO Q&A group. I've replied to my one-on-one clients that messages over the weekend. This afternoon we're having, uh, well, this evening we're having a dinner party to so this afternoon once my fiance gets home so that it can be taken off his mind. I am going to stop working at four is my goal to stop working around then. I'll play with the dogs in the backyard so they get a bit of a run around. I will bake dinner for everybody, tidy the house, and um, also keep packing for Italy so that that's not a last minute Tuesday night thing to do before we leave on Wednesday. And all of those things, I am very, other things on my to-do list as well, like add many things. I also got to send my friend um, in uh, Sydney a list of designers I want her to phone so that she can book in bridal fittings when we go to Australia in May um, so we can go check some of those out. So I don't even know how many things that is, but I've time blocked everything. And to me, that's not even a long list of things to get done today. Like I'm very confident that will all be done by Four o'clock, maybe some of the admin things will be done after everyone leaves for dinner or once dinner's in the oven and I got 30 minutes to spare. Boom, done. Like that's it. I haven't scrolled on Instagram today. I've like posted one, a couple stories so far. I am productive and efficient now because I know how to be. So even though I haven't added in a child in there yet or a couple of kids in there, that's something that I'm working towards and I'm actually practicing setting my life up so that I am not worried about that when that time comes. So even if you're not a mom, but you want to be a mom, right? Her would actually be an incredible program for you to do now so that when that time comes, you're not feeling stressed at all. You fully know how to manage your time. You fully know how to get everything done. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to do all of that when I have kids by any means, but by that time, I will have really narrowed down my to-do list and given everything else to my team and whatnot um, so that I am not even doing those. This weekend, I like baked. I did like a million things this weekend as well. And I'm not saying – I'm not sharing that to like show off. I don't even have to say that to you guys. I'm sharing that because I'm like it's possible to get a shitload done in a day. It's whether you want to learn how to do that or not. And I will say this. Is it easy to just be quote-unquote her – and have everything in a flow state and not be overwhelmed all the time, et cetera. No, it's not always easy, right? But it is doable if you actually desire a life where there is more ease and flow and less stress. And then it's doable. So my life right now looks completely different to four years ago. I mean, it looks different every fucking, every fucking year for God's sake, but 
you know, in this phase of my life, I've had to get had to get stricter and clearer on ensuring that I do not burn out, that I do not have mental overload so that I can plan a wedding, fly to New York often to see my friends, go to Australia this year for my event, host an event, you know, bring out my book into the world. I had to finish writing my book, do everything involved with that, run programs, coach my clients, run a business, make content, do photo shoots, be an amazing lover, right? Look after the house, look after our dogs, manage all of that. I've had to get good at doing this. I've had to get even stricter and clearer with managing these things on my plate. And I know that there are some of you that have even more than that. You have that plus three kids, right? So if I'm able, or if you can, if imagine if you even felt like just all those tasks that I said, if they felt doable to you, maybe the kid thing doesn't feel so doable to you yet, but even if the other things felt more doable, even if half of your life felt more doable and less stressful, wouldn't that be worth it? To me, yes. And of course, there's always a work in progress, right? And it will be another level when we have kids. And it might be another level when you have kids or when your kids go into different phases of their life, right? But the control that I feel like I have over my time, my resources, my energy is so different to how I used to have it all those years ago, right? I have spent the last four years really getting myself to this place. And last year in Florence, um, I was walking on our last day to get gluten-free pizza, lol, as you do in Italy, um, from this like amazing place we were recommended. We were about to catch the train to Milan to then drive to Lake Como. Oh, if you haven't gone to Lake Como, do yourself a favor and go to Lake Como. Anyway, and so I was walking there and I was voice messaging my mentor and or my leadership coach, whatever. She's like fucking everything. <laughs> HR chick, like just all the things. Um, and I was talking to her about the feminine CEO. We were launching it at that time, and I was having these like thoughts coming through about like, I want something else for the women that aren't running their own businesses because like this stuff that I talk about with feminine leadership and the things that I want to be able to share with more women that do run their own businesses, I also want to be share, able to share with women that don't run their own businesses because it is across the board, the same fucking thing. Whether you work for somebody else or whether you work for yourself, it's no different when it comes to the feminine leadership piece. And obviously if you're working for yourself, it's like a little bit more on your plate than working for somebody else, generally speaking. Um, but the principles and tactics and whatnot are still very much one and the same. And that is, I literally remember the fucking street I was crossing. If we go back there, I'll like take a picture being like, this is where her was born, um, where I thought of this program, her, and I wrote it all down in iNote. And now we have this program and it took, I really mulled over it for nearly a year, not because I was second guessing it, but because I really wanted to make sure that I like Gone through a few extra things, aka moving cities and having two more dogs as my children. Um, I really, and you know, having a partner and like a big house to look after, et cetera. I really wanted to feel like I was nailing my time management because time management is not an easy thing to nail in New York City um, by any means. And I feel like I am in this place and I actually went to my acupuncturist the other week and she looked at me and she was like, have you had some massive personal breakthrough or something, Monica. She's like, you look so different. Like your energy is completely shifted. And I was like, no, I haven't, but I think this is what it is. And I was sharing with her some things that I had like recently really incorporated into my life. And it had been a few months since I'd seen her because she was in New York. Um, she's in New York anyway. And she was like, yeah, there is this energy of sustainability around you. And I was like, oh my God, that is the word. Like I, and I've expressed this to my leadership coach and to my fiance and whatnot, just, 
I am at a place where I feel like everything that I am doing and that my team is doing and that I'm working on, it feels so sustainable and fuck me dead, does that feel good? So like that word sustainability, I desire for all of you guys to be able to be at a place where you also feel like your life is really, really sustainable right? And why this is important is because us as women, we already have this big mental load just to start with because we're so empathetic. We're worrying about everybody. We're trying to be, you know, the best, our best friend to our friend. We're trying to feed our partners, walk our dogs, do our jobs, keep our legs shaved and our hair clean. Lol. We're trying to be on top of all of these things, you know, and if you're a mother or a business owner, you're caring for your children and their needs or your business and its needs 24-7. It can feel like we never get a break, especially when you have busy social calendars as well and pressure on you and, you know, 13,000 other things to do that you want to fit into your life. And we often feel like we can't do it all, yet we want to do it all. That is the key. If you want to do it all, you don't have to want to do it all, but like if you are trying to do it all, but you feel like you can't do it all, but you want to be able to do it all. I get that because I used to think that, and we're really fed this in society. I feel like I used to think that I had to let something go or that shit was going to crumble when I was planning it, when I'm planning a wedding, etc. But that's all bullshit. You don't have to let something go. You don't have to take a project off your plate or like, you know, dump your boyfriend or something, right? Those things ring true for you for you if you are not embracing feminine leadership because then you are trying to lead like a man. So you're doing everything in a way that doesn't feel in alignment with your body, with your mind, with your spirit, with your health, with your soul. Nothing feels in alignment because you're not doing it with this feminine leadership versus if you can really be doing things with feminine leadership, it just comes more naturally and with more ease, right? Otherwise you're going to be burning yourself out and then you'll be in a fucking hospital bed or you'll be, you know, ending one part of your life, throwing something by the wayside because you're in your masculine all the time trying to lead like a man. Okay. So I want you to think what is really causing your burnout? right? Because what's really often causing women's burnout and the mental load that women are, you know, saying that they have all the time is women doing it all not in the right way. If you have poor time management, if you don't ask for help, if you are a people pleaser, if you don't know how to say no, if you cannot properly prioritize, then you'll be burnt out before you know it. And on the note of prioritizing, I did a really great Q&A answering very specific questions in the behind the scenes bubble on feminine leadership. So if you haven't listened to that, if you're not in the behind the scenes bubble, please make sure that you get on that. Because when I'm talking about prioritizing things, I don't just mean for the obviously urgent things. I mean prioritizing things that are going to bring you more ease, flow, and relaxation into your life as well. So ladies, Women are not meant to be doing everything and to be dealing with as much as we are right now. Our hormones don't allow for it, right? Hence the increase in hormonal imbalances. I mean, 80% of women struggle with hormonal imbalances, whether they know it or not. So we need to find a new way of managing it all without our happiness, our health, our relationships, or our dreams going down the drain. So if you are ready to feel completely in your feminine, even when you get the call to lead, then you need my new program, Her. 
Her is about embodying your feminine in every single moment, whether it's when you're engaging with your partner, whether it's when you're engaging with your boss or your kids. I want you to feel like you can now do it all too with ease. And that is what her is going to give you by the end of these four weeks. So you are not alone in feeling like you are being pulled in a hundred different directions. If you are devaluing your role as a mother or a lover, or if you think that you have to be somebody else to feel like you're enough, please, please, please join us, right? Because the mental load that women are carrying around these days is not just exhausting, it's causing them to feel uninspired, depressed, disengaged from their heart and feminine power. And ultimately, the hustle isn't even giving them the validation and happiness that they're trying to achieve. So we need to stop thinking that we have to choose. We need to start believing and learning that we can do it all. We just need to change the execution of it right? We don't need to fit into a box. We need to embrace our feminine leadership. We need to attract instead of chase. We need to receive instead of take. We need to magnetize instead of dominate. So all the details for her are below. I hope that this this episode inspired you and lit a fire under your ass to really change some things and reevaluate some things in your life when it comes to why the fuck are you causing yourself to burn out? What, you know, what hamster wheel are you putting yourself in? What box or label are you putting on yourself that is literally causing you to do this to yourself? So if you love this episode, please make sure that you share it on your Instagram stories, tag me, tag the podcast so we can reshare it. Please leave a review if you haven't already. Send it to your best friend so that she can listen as well and feel like as less, so that she can listen as well and not feel like she is alone. And I will see you guys in the next episode. So the next episode, just to remind you guys, is the Sex Life series part one. I cannot wait for you guys to jump into the um the episode and make sure that you're also catching up on last week's episodes about White Lotus, the part one breakdown, and then also my life and business update. I know you guys love that episode and you're always very curious about the things that are shifting and changing behind the scenes. Also, don't forget that the tickets to my immersion are available until the end of April. So if you want to get your ticket, now is the time to do so. If you have any questions about it, just shoot me a message and I will answer as soon as I can. 